In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. It is so good to be together and worship in person and also with those who are online as well. Today we are celebrating the Feast of Corpus Christi. This is a feast to celebrate the institution and the gift of the Eucharist. And it is practiced in the Western Church on the Thursday following Trinity Sunday. Some churches will transfer it to Sunday like we have done today. It was first celebrated in the 1200s. I'd like to tell a story. It's an old story of the Jewish people when they were slaves in Egypt. The people of Abraham, the people called by God to be the light of the world, went down into Egypt and were slaves there. And God brought them up from Egypt in a very powerful way. So God condemned the Egyptians through plagues, but he passed over the Jewish people and brought them through the Red Sea and into the wilderness and gave them his law and brought them into the promised land. So the Jewish people still celebrate this Passover. This is the night when God, the Holy One, came down to Egypt and rescued the Jewish people from the Egyptians. And this night is like a birthday party. It's a story of the people of Israel, the people God loved, chose, and promised to rescue from slavery and bondage in Egypt. And as Christians, those who follow Jesus Christ and orient their lives around him and his kingdom, we are part of them. We're part of the whole of God's people, God's family. And we are the same family that came out of slavery. We are the same family that are having this meal every week during our worship gathering as every Jewish home everywhere in the world, except with one major difference. As Christians, we see the focus of the Passover culminating, coming together and being fulfilled in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, whereas the Jewish people stop with the Old Testament. The Jewish people are still looking for the Messiah, but we as Christians know him to be Jesus Christ. So this Passover experience tells us things about who we are, things about God loving and rescuing us. After all, things were never easy for the Jews. It wasn't just the Egyptians. It was the Babylonians and then the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. So when we celebrate Passover, we remind ourselves that we are God's freedom people. He made us free and he wants us to be free regardless of our age and gender, regardless of our mistakes and failures, regardless of our culture and ethnicity. This meal says all of that, but it says so much more as well. What matters is that we are all here. We all belong. We know that God loves us. We know he rescued us long ago and he will rescue us again. The whole meal told a story in a hundred different ways. This is who we were, this is who we are, and this is who we will be, and this is who God is. We don't have the time to talk about all the meaning behind and significance to the details of the Passover. However, they are powerful and they all point forward to Jesus Christ and have rich meaning as followers of Jesus Christ today. 
The meal somehow says it all. And of course, by eating the meal, we share in this story. We share in God's story, Israel's story, the Christian story. So what Christians do today when when they meet to break bread and drink wine together is the central Christian action, which links us in an unbroken line from the actual Passover in Exodus and ultimately, of course, to Jesus and his friends in the upper room on the night that he was betrayed and denied, forsaken, arrested, tried, mocked, and executed. And it links us as well to Christians today throughout the world. The word Eucharist, sometimes um, called the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion, comes from a Greek New Testament word meaning thanksgiving or giving thanks. So Jesus Christ gave thanks over the Passover meal when his disciples, the very meal in which he instituted the Eucharist, and the church has practiced the Eucharist as the supreme act of Christian thanksgiving since that time. Now, of course, there are many ways to give thanks, and we do that in prayer and praise and hymns and so many writing cards, telling people thank you, telling God thank you. But the most supreme way that we can do it is in the act of the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Christian life. When we celebrate the Eucharist, we participate in the life, death, resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ and we declare that he will come again is there a lot of feedback or is this it's just me it's just me but I, I can hear it really okay just wanted to double check that's good when we celebrate the Eucharist we participate in the life death in the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ and we will declare that he will come again we remember and celebrate this incredible event. We also participate in the presence of the future, where Jesus Christ will come again and bring the fullness of the kingdom of God in which he will totally make all things new. And we look for that day. We even say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So we take Holy Communion by looking back, remembering what he did for us, and looking ahead Remembering when he will make all things new and the fullness of the kingdom of God will come. And at the same time, knowing that Christ is powerfully with us in the present. It is called a sacrament because it is a means of grace to us. So God promises to meet us in the sacrament. This is why we believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. We don't define how this happens like some of our brothers and sisters do. For us, it's a mystery, and we know that he is really present in the sacrament because we are told in his word, we are told in our gospel reading this morning that this is the case. The present moment somehow holds together until he comes again. The one-time event of the past of the Lord's death in the great future when God's world will be remade under Jesus' loving rule. Past and future come rushing together in the present, pouring an ocean of meaning into the now. So we find this phrase in 1 Corinthians 11 that says, do this in remembrance of me. That doesn't just mean remembering Jesus and his death. 
it means that somehow Jesus is present, that his one-off death is made present now with us. This unique one-time past event rushes forward to accompany us on this journey that we are on. Holy Communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, the Mass, the breaking of bread. This Jesus meal gains part of its deepest meaning from God's future as much as from God's past. So this meal is designed by the Father, by Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit to bring a taste of things to come. We might be like those wandering Israelites in the dusty desert, but God comes to meet us now with fresh beautiful, big, luscious grapes from the promised land. And if you remember that story in the Old Testament, when they went out and they sent the spies and they sent them into the promised land and they came back with these big, luscious grapes and said, this is what it looks like in the promised land. And that is such a great story to remind us that even though he will come to bring the fullness of his kingdom one day, he comes now and he visits us and he brings us a taste of what life is, what the kingdom of God is, and what it will be like one day when he comes again. So Jesus' life is imparted at and during the Eucharist. Our lives are joined with him so that we can live for the sake of others, showing and sharing the life and the light and the love and the hope of Jesus Christ. So during the ministry of Holy Communion, we give an overview of the story of God remembering God's faithfulness, how he set the Israelites free from slavery in Egypt and how he sets us free through Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection. Basically, it retells the gospel story again and it tells how we anticipate his coming again. In the upper room, Jesus gave thanks as he passed the broken bread and the cup among his first followers. And as we receive what Jesus passed, we feed on his life and we give thanks and our lives are transformed. Bread and wine taken in faith and obedience to Jesus leads to a transformed and transforming life. Life is imparted at and during the Eucharist. Life is imparted to the people in the events of daily life through Eucharist-receiving Christians. So in communion, we are not only giving thanks and receiving the power of Christ, we then live as he lived, as if he were in our place, which in turn leads others to give thanks to God as we live this life. Historians and commentators of the first century point out that this was the reputation of the early Christians. His life is imparted to us and our lives are infused with him and then we are lived for the sake of others. So there's a mysterious work of God in the Eucharist, that's for sure, meaning that we don't know how it happens, but Christ is present. Does it happen whenever the priest, what we, what we call the epiclesis, asks the Holy Spirit to come upon a bread and, and, and make it the body of Christ and the wine to make it the blood of Christ? Does it happen during the institution? Yes, yes, yes. And we don't know for sure exactly when it happens. We just trust and we know that Christ comes and meets us. And I think many of us understand 
uh, understand that because we've experienced Christ in very powerful and real uh, ways whenever we received Holy Communion together. I know whenever I've shared this story with you probably several times, but when I first came to All Saints and Sometimes I would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong around the altar area. And at times I even had a whole, this isn't really proper protocol. Holding yourself up on the altar is not really the best way to do things. But sometimes I felt the weight of God's glory so strong that I'd put my hands on the altar to keep myself standing up. And that, and, and that presence has uh, come in and, and visits. It's not always that um, experiential, but, but it's, it's very weighty and it can happen. Um, However, we must be very careful not to think that it is magic, nor superstition. We eat and we drink, and then we live by faith, not by magic. So Jesus didn't come on the scene out of nowhere. He arose within a particular story. The story of God creating a people through the life, death, resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. These people were to be ambassadors of God proclaiming, demonstrating, and embodying his agenda, the kingdom on earth. And he feeds us in this context and for this purpose. Receiving the Eucharist without faith shaped by this story, it leaves us untouched. So as we can see, there is more going on in this story than just this special meal. If we are going to engage in this special practice of Holy Communion for the sake of the world, we need to include the whole scene. For worship, that leads to service. We need the chalice and the broken bread. And we need the towel of Jesus, our call to serve the world with love and humility. And these themes are brought together and thoroughly talked about on Monday, Thursday. Together, the Tao and the meal show us how to participate in the spiritual practice of the Eucharist so that we can take on the desire, power, and means to live the Christ-like life. In John 13, 17, Jesus says, If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Receiving God's means of grace by partaking in Holy Communion leads to spiritual life for the sake of the world. The good life, the blessed life, is found in living as God's sent people. There is no greater invitation than the one to follow Jesus, to live as God's sent people for the sake of others. We're blessed to be a blessing. We participate in and receive the life of Christ in the Eucharist. The power of Jesus' life then thrusts us into a new life. We practice the Eucharist well when we move from the passive reception of the elements to active, Jesus-filled, thanksgiving-expressing, spirit-empowered use of Jesus' towel, serving other people, giving ourselves for the sake of others, the least the last, the lost, the left out. The Book of Common Prayer has several dismissal prayers to use at the close of the Eucharist. The one we most often use is go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as we, we say this week in and week out, we are shaping ourselves as missional sent people. 
Our post-Eucharistic prayer also talks about this. It says, and now, Father, send us out to do the work that you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. Our gospel reading this morning reminds us, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of my, the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. In the words of Flannery O'Connor, the famous American writer concerning the Eucharist, and I know I have made reference to this uh, many times, and I'm sure many of you all know it. Well, she said this, well, if it's just a symbol, to hell with it. It is a symbol for sure, but it is so much more than that. In our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy, we find how God provided manna, bread from heaven, for his people in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And in our New Testament readings, we find how God still provides food for his people who are journeying through life, walking in obedience, fulfilling his mission with hope that Jesus will come again to make all things new. Our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians ten sixteen and 17, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Dr. Hans Borsma, professor, author, and scholar at Neshota House, has recently drawn attention to the truth that participation in the Eucharist truly turns us into the body of Christ even as it is the church that makes the body of Christ. We must ascend to the altar. We must take hold of the gifts. We must offer up our lives. And perhaps on this day, we should spend some time meditating on what it means to be the friends of God. Feed by, fed by the body and the blood of Christ, made for participation in and partaking of the divine mysteries. And maybe encouraged and strengthened by this truth, we might seek to encourage others. In this time in which so many are angry and others apathetic, we could use that courage. In this time in which the gospel speaks directly into our world, speaking of friendship rather than division, speaking of friendship rather than hatred, we might proclaim the gospel simply by being good friends who encourage and love one another. In our post-processional, we will carry out the monstrance that has the blessed sacrament. It will not remain for observation, but it will be reserved in the tabernacle to be consumed. And as we go out behind the blessed sacrament, it is a visual reminder of taking Jesus Christ into the world. All Saints Church, Attend to Christ here in this place. Attend to Christ in you. Attend to Christ in the world because he's already at work.
He is already at work in those around you, even in the ones that do not yet know and follow him. Attend to Christ and join him in what he is already doing. As we post-process out of this place, behind the sacrament, remember that we are a sacrament too. Go be a means of grace to the world that needs Jesus, that needs love, that needs peace. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for instituting this sacrament and feeding us with yourself. May we receive this sacrament by faith in you and with repentance and thanksgiving. Thank you for your life, death, resurrection, ascension, sending your Holy Spirit at Pentecost, your promise to come again, and providing salvation for us who were enslaved to sin. Having received this new life in you and being nourished with yourself through this sacrament, send us out to do the work that you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.